Gentlemen, here we are. Hey there. Hey. Here we are. Greg? Yet again. Greg, do we have Greg? I'm here. Yet again. I'm hey, here. We have a quorum. Hey, we where have. are you? Me? I am in D.C. I am uh, okay. with family. And uh, we just had a lovely dinner outside. It's beautiful weather today here on the East Coast. Whew, man, yeah. you brought it with you. I sure did. So you're like, you're like, you're like an hour away. I know it's trippy, right? Get down here. It Get really down is. here. Come on. What are you guys doing? Let's go. I'll, you know what? I'm gonna put <laughs> stuff down. Oh, oh, <laughs> Play tires. Listeners, just hold on one hour. We'll be, <laughs> yeah. we'll be with you. I'll be there at ten to eleven. <laughs> oh man. How's uh, the, so the East Coast treating you all right? so far yeah i'm tired i played a gig in vegas on saturday drove from vegas to la on sunday and then on monday i flew from la to philly and then i drove from philly to dc today so it's been a lot it's been a lot yeah uh but uh it's been it's been a great great couple of days um i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be with you guys and getting to talk about some thank you for making the time for us and of course yeah. yeah again Insider baseball, my apologies for the debacle on Sunday. You're fine, you're fine brother. You're fine. Oh, Enough man. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> we're, all, we're, here, we're all here. We're getting it done. Episode 140. I don't want to yeah, get too man. much away. My greatest fear, my greatest fear was not, believe it or not, making you upset, Greg. My oh. greatest fear was that it would have been my stupid error that would have ruined our continuous streak, streak our Cal Ripken-like streak of oh, 140 episodes. It is episodes. Cal Ripken-like. And you know what? I drove. It is going to happen. Can I, just it's funny you said that because today on my way, my drive from Philly to DC, go through Baltimore. You got and it. I, and I've got my son Jackson in the back seat, and I'm like, "Look, Jackson, that's Baltimore. That's a yeah, that's man. a city that I spent a lot of time in, man." You know, yeah, he's man. like, "I don't care." <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but then, we, but but as we're cool. as we're passing by, I see us. Uh, we we go. We passed under Cal Ripken Way. Yeah, that's right. You know, and I, was like, and I just had like a ton of flashbacks, man. I saw Cal Ripken play like 10 times as a kid. Yeah, yeah baby. And he oh, was yeah. like, a, he was like was literally right. a god to all of us. Oh, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. Yeah. So to be, but you're right. This is like a Cal Ripken streak. <laughs> <laughs> if Cal Ripken had a podcast. Yeah. He would be us or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. He would have. What get, was his no, record? Yeah. It, 139 episodes, record? actually. That's right. We're breaking it tonight. <laughs> we, ju- we just broke we'll it. Yeah, we just broke it. <laughs> Congratulations. How many games did he actually play, though? What was it? It was something well, ridiculous. The streak, uh, Lou Gehrig's streak, was broken at 2,148 games. But I, I don't was, know. I think it was 2130, Jay. I think it was. 21, okay. I think, I think Lou Gehrig. Would, that, sounds, mean, that's, that actually sounds a lot more correct. I just remember I the numbers being up on Camden listeners. No, I mean, listen, you were like 18 <laughs> off. That's not bad. Uh, for some reason, that no, number you're, is like, is that is that it? I, I think you're right. Wrong. And then he twenty one. I think you're right on that. But Nick's question was how many games did Cal Ripken play in a row? And that, that I don't have. It's somewhere in the three thousands. No, I don't know if he reached three thousand. Mm-hmm. Right, we can find this out. Yeah, we can find this out. I think he probably made it to like twenty four or maybe twenty five hundred. Dude, he played for another. He broke it in ninety five. Hmm. Suddenly, this became a sports trivia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's fine. It's, it's Baltimore. We got to figure this out. It's true. You're right, Greg. It's probably not in three thousands. I'm just imagining he played. Like if he th- played another four years, okay. So that then would he be might. Like that's close. 162 games a year. Yeah. Twenty six thirty two. Okay. Twenty six thirty two. Right. Was, I stand corrected. Well, meet in the well middle. Done. Meet in the middle. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So there you have it, man. The legend. Yeah. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah, I told, uh, well, we were driving past Baltimore ourselves, and I told Ben, I said, this is the city that Dad has a tattoo of on his back. And he, he gave the same oh, wow. reaction as Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, old man? <laughs> exactly. No, you don't. Nick, how you doing, buddy? You in? I'm doing, yeah, yeah, man, I'm doing good. I'm Excellent. doing good. Dude, this weather, thank you, Greg, for bringing the weather yeah. uh, from L.A. You're welcome. Much appreciated. How long are you staying? <laughs> and are you taking the weather back? That's all right. Uh, um, I'll be here for a minute. I'll be here for at least right. a week. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, let's get this uh, episode started while Greg is still in the area. Yes. Let's try to take advantage of a good connection. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. You are tuned in to You Should Check It Out. This is episode 140. Woo-hoo. Coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Great to be here with you. We got uh, we got some incredible musicians from the 90s and aughts coming at you this week. Mm, um, uh-huh. I'm going to be talking about a musician uh, who started in the 90s and uh, really rose, rose to fame in the aughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick okay. is going to be talking about a musician that started in like the 50s and mm-hmm. kind of came to fruition in like the 80s. And 18. the 90s, yeah. a- 18, right. 18, 15, right. 18, right. and uh, Greg's, right. <laughs> Greg's going to be talking about some musicians that came to prominence in the 80s. True. And, jeez, uh, still going. Still there. Still going. Just like, right. just like us, someday. <laughs> you know it. Right. You know it, baby. Well, we were born in the 80s. We've, we've been going since the 80s. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. <laughs> in one form or another, we have been going since the 80s. It's documented. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me get things started, boys, if you don't mind. Let's I'm do up this. first. Um, what are we doing? Jack Wick. Jack. Jack Who? Wick. Jack Weird. Jack, Jack Wick. Jack White. Oh. Had a heck of a week last week. Did he? He did seem to be popping up here and there. Yeah, he was on. He was on pretty much every news feed I was tuned into. He had a new album that dropped last week. Okay. He proposed to his longtime girlfriend and got married to said girlfriend. Is this for the album? And he played the national anthem. Oh. At the Detroit Tigers game. He had a huge week. Huge week. That's a big week. Yeah. We're going to be talking about all of this and a little bit more, but I do want to drop a track from the album. I'm going to drop the opening track from his album. It's called Fear of the Dawn. This is the opening track called Taking Me Back. Let's go.
got a little weird. I yeah, dig it. Cool. I dig it, man. Yeah. Dude, that I've is... been hearing that song everywhere. That's on. It's on commercials or something. Uh, maybe. I haven't heard that. But yeah, now okay. he's he, who, whoever does his marketing, and might and it might just be him. <laughs> For mm-hmm. as prolific as this guy is, I don't know. He's he's been everywhere. Uh, he before, does it all. Before we get into the new the new album. Two other things that he was in the the news for. He uh, there was a pretty famous viral video that circulated last week of a show of him in Detroit, mm-hmm. and he's famous for kind of like Robert Fripp, not allowing cell phones or picture taking. Oh, really? At his shows, mm-hmm. but somebody snuck a, a phone in, of course. And uh, there's a pretty great video of him proposing to his longtime girlfriend Olivia Jean, who was. Okay. In a playing in a band who opened for Jack White, and um, then he brought her on and her band on to play, you know, a song, uh, Hotel Yorba, and um, then he proposed to her. They went off stage, and I guess they had a brief discussion. And when they came back on stage, he came on with an officiant and actually who married them on stage before wow. the encore. Do you think? Do you think she knew about this? I mean, I would hope that. He would have mentioned something <laughs> in the build-up to that. Wear but, something nice tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say, but pretty cool, whatever. I don't know. She seemed happy. Yeah. Everybody seemed happy. It was, a, it was a good scene. Cool. So, after that, Major League Baseball. This is like a baseball-themed podcast. I love it. Major League Baseball yeah. opening, opening day happened last Friday, Saturday. And um, Mr. Jack White was... Invited to play the national anthem at the Detroit Tigers um, opening day. Uh, Greg, now I know you caught this. Nick, I don't think you have. Bird Clock apparently did. But Bird I, Clock did. I, I mean, he yeah. was the arranger, I think, for the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. He was the MD. Sure. Well, he was the efficient. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was him Him with an organ player, him playing uh, guitar. Okay. Slide guitar, an organ player, and uh, his, his drummer, who I don't know the name of, but... It was an interesting performance. It was all instrumental, no vocals. It was just him playing slide guitar. And it just, when you first started hearing it, it just sounded like this really kind of whiny, weedly slide guitar bit. And then the organ came in and then the drums came in and it kind of sounded pretty regal by the end of it. It was pretty good. I, Greg, what what were your thoughts? Oh, man. It was uh, it was kind of striking. I mean, the, the, the mix that I heard was seemed very, it was like a board mix. Okay. Um, so it kind of didn't. I would have loved to hear it in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a little space, with a little separation. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I did think it was pretty striking, and uh, you know, kind of his patented like uh, classic yet modern sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. ballsy, and I honestly was like, this is you know, this is legit. You know, yeah. he's. Um, He's always been legit to me, except for the very beginning yeah. when he first came out. I was I didn't know quite what to make of it. Um, Early White Stripes, not a not a huge fan. I just did. I didn't not like it, but I didn't again. I wasn't quite sure if I was on board or not. It wasn't until Elephant. It was so simplistic. Elephant came out though and knocked my socks off, and then after that, I was like, okay, he's great. That, right that's on. not to say that I've loved everything that he's made since then, but I still think that album is really a, a benchmark you know yeah. for, for that mm-hmm. for that st- that type of thing and no I'm, um, I'm in this I'm actually in the same boat it was uh, your friend um, Brian no I just know him as Nelson Nelson come on Nick help me out Neil here. 
Neil. Oh, oh you're talking about Neil. Neil. I don't. I don't. Your oh, friend. I don't. <laughs> uh, your friend. He was Neil. my friend first. To be fair. <laughs> absolutely. No. No. Absolutely. No. 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 Not Nick's friend. No. It was your friend, Greg. Neil. Okay. Neil Cotter, you introduced yes. I, I can, me to to Neil, friend. and uh, he introduced me to the White Stripes when they were still in kind of that nascent phase. And right, right. I didn't. I I had the same reaction as you. I was like, I don't like they kind. They, this is pretty good, but I don't. I don't know if I believe him or not. Yes, that's what it is. It, it was, and it's so simple yeah. that it was like, is this for, is this for real? We got you kind of like need, needed to reserve judgment for a, a sophomore attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they definitely yep. have won me over since then. So anyway, I, I I agree with you, Greg. Like when the first uh, verse, I guess if you will, of the national anthem, it's kind of him playing this like really weed lead, it's like slide guitar. I'm like, if it's just gonna be this. There might be some booze by the end of this. This is pretty yeah. rough. But then, you know, it comes around. It was a, an interesting take. Yeah. Right. Was it received fine? Received okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, See, people seem to like it. I oh, mean, yeah. it, it, it must. And by the way, that, that drummer da, is Daru Jones. Thank you. Thank you. He's incredible. He, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's the beast. He's a beast. He plays the drums like he sort of tilts them, yeah, like yeah. facing away from him. I don't yeah. know if that you, you know what I mean, like, like a ginger breaker. A ginger baker on steroids is like further. It's away like, from even him. further. Yeah, as far, as, far like as the that. positioning. <laughs> Weird. Okay, I'm gonna look at this up. That sounds good. So all of that was kind of, I mean, it's, it's all very nice press um, for yeah, it's, it's ancillary for yeah. what is his first solo album, and it's been a couple years, maybe six years, I think. Okay. Um, I haven't been a huge fan. I, I haven't disliked, but I haven't been a huge fan of any of his stuff with the Rock and Tours or his other solo albums. So it, this wasn't one that was on my radar necessarily. It wasn't one that I was like dying to hear. I like okay. I like the idea of Jack White more than the music of Jack White. I guess I would say uh, that but first Rock on Tours album, though, man. Oof. It, I love it, yeah, that. That one is growing on me. It's that one is growing on me. Yeah, yeah. Every song is good, but this album, man. I am a fan. I am a Good. fan. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's ambitious, man. It's 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 really, really out there. You dropped this in you dropped this in the notes yesterday. Yeah. So I, I didn't get a chance to give it a full listen, but I listened to the first four songs. It, it it's 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 uh it sounds like the hardest stuff he's done. Um it yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's a diff definitely a different approach from anything else he's done. Um, I watched and a re weird. And, really cool yeah. uh, Apple Music documentary on on the making of this album. And it's cool because the interviewer says, you know, this is clearly a departure from what you've done before, which is, you know, Jack White has always been a, a proponent of, you know, the analog approach. You know, less is more um, yeah. recording to tape, try to record as much live as possible, that kind of thing. And Jack, and this mm -hmm. was this album was recorded in quarantine. It's all Jack okay. White. He plays all the instruments. Mm -hmm. with, there's a couple guest spots on it. So that's him playing drums, bass, the whole thing, organ, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. There's sampling, mm -hmm. there's keyboards. There's a lot of cut and paste. It sounds like a quote-unquote digital record. And, you know, yeah. the interviewer confronted him about that. And Jack was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not like opposed to those things. It's just using them in the right way, which, you know, okay. I totally get down with. Yeah. So let's hear another song. If... Please, if I may. please. This is one of my favorites on it. It's called Heidi Ho. And this is a good example of kind of this cut and paste mashup thing that's going on. It's um, It samples a classic Cab Calloway track. 
from like the 1920s and 1930s. Interesting. Um, cool. It sounds like Jack White singing this sample, but it's actually Cab Calloway um, at the beginning of this, and it features an excellent guest lyric by uh, Q-Tip. Oh, man. Oh. Pretty cool. So this is nice. Heidi Ho. Check this out. It's already like four sections of that song, and then it goes into like this acoustic breakdown. It's 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 crazy. I mean, it's like very mashup, cut and paste, very twenty yeah. twenty two. You know, is DJ like Cummerbund involved? <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> that like hy- hypergogic rock. Or yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so cool, I, I mean, you know, I I read the Pitchfork review. I'm not going to oh, do boy. a review. The review. I'll leave that to others. Okay. Um, right. They gave it a six point five, which I feel is a it's a bit of a low blow. Um, well, that's like a can, B in Pitchfork language. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like five point five to to eight is like a B, right? <laughs> they get butt hurt about like previous releases, and apparently they did not like the last one at yeah. all. So. so, what can you say? But uh, I, you know. It, it's not for everyone, I don't think. It it jumps around a lot. It's kind of like it reminded me a little bit of like Mr. Bungle in a way. I mean, mm. it's not quite as okay. like angular and disorienting as Mr. Bungle, but it's and perverted. It's that, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's that. It's it, and I love that kind of <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. it's right up my alley. If you like ambitious, aggressive music, you're gonna like this. I think. Um, if you like not knowing what's gonna happen next, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing with Jack White, like. I was not expecting this from him at all, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's a super talented nice. guy and uh, excited. He's actually got another album coming out the same year, so interested to see what's coming next. Yeah, well, you know, he's definitely an ambitious guy, and he's putting it all out on his own record label, Third Man yep. Records. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird, though, because part of the reason why I didn't just dive right into this, as much of a fan as I am of him... Like Jay said, like you said, like I like the idea of him and kind of what he stands for almost more than, yeah, you know, his music. The output. Yeah. You know, um, it's also because I not, I don't feel like I've been burned or slighted, but I've checked out his solo albums in the past and been, and even some White Stripes albums and been like, whoa, this is not for me. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, I kind of got used to that being the thing. But between Elephant by White Stripes and the first Raconteurs album, and just like live performances and interviews and stuff, I'm, I'm totally a fan, you know? So, cool. um, you know, I, I, that- I appreciate you bringing this to light. Yeah, of course. Heck yeah. The the thought I had when I started listening to it was it, it reminded me of what I was kind of, what I felt like when I was listening to uh, what was Beck's um, Midnight Vultures. Okay. Oh, right. That's, yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like this, this like solo artist kind of just going kind of nuts yeah. in the studio yeah. with the layers and just the, just things just going crazy. And, yeah. And those, and for some people it's too much. I love it. The, I, I, so I'm excited to yeah. listen to Those this. like well, blippy he, arpeggiator things too. Those yeah. kind of appear yeah. on both. <laughs> there's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a, yeah, there's a lot of that, especially later on in the album. And you know, it is a quarantine record, you know, so we are, hearing some output of a guy who clearly can't get out of his own way. I mean, he's got so many ideas coming out of his head. This is what, this is an example of an album that comes out of being locked in your house yeah. and not being able to More collaborate. To uh-huh. so, yep. uh, if you guys, but he found a girl, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to play one more track. This is a quick one. Yeah. Um, it's called What's the Trick? Just kind of a, a more straight ahead rocker, but again, got some weird angular elements in it. And that's it for me. This is uh, What's the Trick? All right. Off of Fear of the Dawn. Rage Against the Machine yeah. with lyrics written by Lin-Manuel Miranda is what that was. <laughs> that I'm was so you, freaking I'm weird. I'm going to give you a ding on that one. Wow. Oh. That was ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So check that out. Check that out, man. Very cool. Nick, <laughs> Thanks, line. Man. More weird stuff. Can we listen to a song? Sure. Absolutely. Because it has nothing to do with my topic, and it's more, it, it is more weird. Um, Primus just released, just oh, out of nowhere, just dropped a track. Primus. Hey, I remember Mr. those Claypool guys. Decided, Mr. Claypool decided he had about 10 minutes worth to, to, to comment on the social situation going on in the world right now. <laughs> um, if we could listen to just a minute or so of this, this is called Conspiranoia. Hmm. Chips in the chicken pot pies. Lodge 
yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Classic Prime. I mean, it's it's Primus. There's nothing. Yeah, nothing it. has changed. Is it the same right. lineup? Uh, yeah. Larry Lalaw and Tim, Tim Alexander. I think is the. I think Tim's still playing. Is, he, is, is it? Sounds like it. The same guitarist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Larry Lalonde? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got, cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Same group. Uh, I don't know if they have an album coming out or whatever. I don't know. He just dropped that, and I I, I thought it was hey, funny. Ten minutes um, long too. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and it's 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 that. It's pretty much that. It goes back and forth. He <laughs> just has a lot of verses. So, okay, my topic, guys. I don't even know about this one. I've been second guessing it since the moment I picked no, it. And I had two extra no, days to no, think about no. it. It, it. It's a good one. Though. Well, the thing was, the thing was, since the Grammys, I've, I've I've listened to a couple and participated, I guess, here and there in some conversations about Louis C.K. winning the Grammy for comedy album. Right. Game. Yes. And there's and it's both people are on both sides of this thing. It's like, no, he should you know blah blah blah. He should go away. He should never come back. And we don't ever see him again. And it's fine. He's you know he's, he's had he's had some time to think about things. He came back. He kind of talks about it a little bit on the album. Not really, but you know whatever. Yeah. And so I was thinking like about how we don't do this well in this country. <laughs> never have. We've never dealt with uh, but forgiving people. Anything involving. No, more of like if there's something to be shameful of, one half of the country rejects it entirely, mm. and the other half um, wants to just shove your face in it, and that's all that ever matters. And if if that thing happened, you have to be a, the worst person ever. Right, um, right, right. Just yeah, it's basically it turns into a polarization, and and there's just no in between. The civil then, the civil war being a good example of that. This would be this would be the yes the the issue of slavery is one that doesn't seem like it's ever really been addressed right. uh, in American society right. uh, in a healthy way. But I come across articles like the one that I found, I, and and it, and it kind of and I and I kind of map it over. So I read this article from um, the New York Times that came out last week, and it's about an exhibit at the German history uh, German uh, National History Museum right. that's opening about Richard Wagner. Okay. And why that's such a difficult prospect. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know a lot about this, but I, I, I just have never really read much about Wagner. Wagner was this famous, uh, very famous and influential composer, dealt mostly in operas. So definitely had a huge influence in the 19th century and on subsequent composers to come. But uh, Jay, did you, is it true you watched some sort of documentary about Wagner? Is, is, well, is there anything you can share with well, us as far as this guy's music? As, as you gentlemen know, I am a history sure. major. Um, yeah, I'm a failed music major, uh, and I turned history major, and my, my specialty was kind of the German Reformation in the late 1800s. So, I felt like I should be able to offer something. Do you know something. I just learned that right now? Really? <laughs> Do you know that? I didn't know that. I mean, I, mean, I haven't really, like, followed. I'm just saying, it, I'm a, I, I'm a friend in some no, cases. No, no, not at all. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Not go at ahead. all. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> no, I was big on Otto von Bismarck and the German Reformation and like the, you know, kind of the unification of Germany. And that's around the time when Richard Wagner was big. You know, he was yeah. composing his, his big operas, you know, The Ring and Tristan and Isolde. And was a not only like a big uh, musical force, was also a fairly big philosophical force at the time because he had written a couple mm -hmm. treatises on... How bad Jews were, basically. Uh, <laughs> um, specifically, why they couldn't be counted on to make their own creative music. Basically, they were only in it for the money, and they would only uh, copy other people, and they couldn't come up with their own stuff. 
was kind of okay. and this would have been in the eight like like mid I think mid, he, mid, mid I think he originally century, like wrote that in like 1860 and then like up okay. <laughs> of course he had to revise it and like update it in like 1870 sure yeah a the guy yeah that's right the guy yeah, you got passed away I think in 1890 or late 1880s or something like that 83 I think it was yeah but um unfortunately I mean th- there's a lot of unfortunate things about Richard Wagner but you know the Nazis were real big fans. Um, Naturally. And so were his descendants, right? And so were his descendants. and Of the Nazis. And so, uh, you know, a lot of his music has been co-opted by, force, by anti-Semitic forces throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helped, I think, that it, he writes very dramatic, you know, operatic music. That, and he talks about, you know, how great it would be if the German people all rose up together and were unified as one you know and you can view that in a couple a, different a lot ways of, yeah um so patriotism so yeah his music has been co-opted by a lot of pretty bad people so right. anyway yeah to answer your question like i felt like i, I all i knew about richard Wagner was leitmotifs opera mm-hmm. yeah you know Flight of the Valk- Ride of the Valkyries or Flight of the Valkyries or whatever. Right. The big, the big, the big the questions big ones you need to answer to get the, the multiple choice questions on the. Yeah, so I felt like I should, I should do some research to try to make myself a little bit more sound a little bit more um, as though I earned my degree. So I hope that helped. Good. At all. No, that was very helpful. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, so a lot of very popular music was a force of unification and patriotism at the time, uh, even absent. I think that his specific treatises. Um, just the music, just the idea of having like a nationalized Germany and getting behind that was a, was a, was a big influence. So there's a quote from the article that I thought was pretty interesting, or not interesting, it was just kind of like hit the nail on the head as far as why this is such a problem. And, it, and it, given all of that history, it's, you can't have a naive and beautiful production of a Wagner opera in Germany. It's yeah. absolutely impossible. Yeah. Um, so with that like historic backdrop that you just gave, um, they basically opened a new exhibit called Richard Wagner and the Nationalization of Feeling. And they, they focus on four feel. Basically what this exhibit does is it focuses on four feelings, belonging and alienation, and then eros and disgust. And w- what they essentially do is they've got, like they, they give credo to the, to the work that he did, the influence, the music, but then they have, like, they have this one exhibit created by the director Barry Kosky is a sound collage presented in the darkness of this, you sit in this black box, and it mixes historical recordings with, um, of his music mm-hmm. with anti-Semitic quotes translated from Yiddish. Ah. Um, as read, yeah, and the intent of the exhibit is to cause disgust and nausea. Wow, wow. That's like, it, so there's like, I think there's like light components and stuff, and it's basically to, to give you the sense of nausea when it, when it comes to this guy. So they're trying to evoke the feelings uh, uh, surrounding this as a kind of a way to deal with both sides of this. Right. And oh I boy. thought, okay, all right. So here you go. Here's kind of a, this is a, this is kind of a core. Is there anything to learn here? Anything at all? <laughs> Does this seem like a good idea or is this just, just silly bullshit like a hundred years later? I don't know, Greg. I don't have too much to say about this other than it's, you know, wrong side of history, obviously. And wrong ideas, man, <laughs> not wrong side of history. Wrong yeah. ideas. Yes, ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much <Yeah>. better said. <laughs> and that's uh, no, a shame. It's it's just you know. It's, it, sometimes we put these artists on this pedestal, and we can't even imagine. You know, we imagine that like people who are 
creative and gifted could never really like be so, you know, so full of these awful thoughts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And trying to project them through Mm -hmm. their work. And, uh, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just, it's kind of, I mean, honestly, I mean, I hate to say it because it's, you know, I don't want to make you second guess your, your, your topic, but it's like, there's Mm -hmm. already so much like heaviness in the, and hate (laughs) in the world. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, ugh, you know, but at the same time it's relevant. Yeah. It, the point is, can you move past it? Like, can you both acknowledge this this artist and, and the brilliant work that he did do without having to, w- without not mentioning? Um, and to me, to me the, the, comp- the problem with this, this process is it, it makes it inaccessible to people that aren't mature enough to understand the nuance. It puts a lot of onus on the, on the, on the participant or the listener hmm. and a maturity required to kind of get that it's both sides. And 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 because the other thing I think I honest to God think about when it comes to this stuff is stuff like the Cosby show, which right. is like a brilliant, wonderful show yeah. that maybe only served a purpose when it at that time. And maybe right. for our generation wa- growing up watching that and, and, and honestly, just just having a TV show that we that we like to watch where it showed a, an African-American a black family like in this perfectly healthy environment, which seemed totally normal as a kid. Yeah. But also wasn't the case in any previous shows before that. Yeah. So no, I, th- I, I think that's a, I think that's in a, in its way. I think it's a very apt similarity. I, I because like Richard Wagner's music is not anti-Semitic. No, like right. his operas right. are not anti-Semitic. Right. He was an anti-Semitic person. He was an asshole as a person. Right. But that I, the question is, should that discredit? the output of his work. And, and I actually, when you first sent the article to me before I had read it, I was like, Oh mm-hmm. no, this is going to be like a New York times, like really ultra left wing progressive view on this. And it's going to really mm-hmm. disparage Richard Wagner, which I'm not a huge Wagner fan. Like I'm not an opera fan. I, I can't, right. I'm not standing up for the guy, but, but you were worried it was going to lean too far. On oh, the, absolutely. Like, but this, I, I yeah. think, I think that they did a really good job of like pro- presenting both sides of it and saying mm-hmm. that you can still enjoy his music and appreciate the wide right. range of influences that he's had over 20th century composers. Everything and that came after. I, John yeah. Williams, yeah, I, I mean, is all leitmotifs, you know, it's like he took yeah. everything from Richard Wagner. Uh, I yeah. think... Film I th- scoring. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sorry. that there's there's certainly, you know, a question of separating the art from the artist, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, applies to everybody, you know, and, and, and every everything that we hear. Um, and certainly this is a different era. You know, none of us lived in that time. Who knows what we would, would, we would have been thinking, you know, right. at the time again, you know, and so it's, it's tough to say, but um, certainly his work and influence, I don't think should be discredited, but it also should maybe not be ignored that he had these views and, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think it's right. worth bringing up, but right. not necessarily okay. in a uh, cancel culture vibe, but more in a. Also, yeah. this was the case, but that's just because it's a fact, you know, and and it's, you know, it's historic. Yeah, cool. It's research, yeah. you know. That's right. it. You know, what I'm you got to know it. It can't be swept under the rug. I, I'm not trying to say that yeah. Richard Wagner should be, you know, just looked at through his music. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's like yeah, he's yeah, on the road, so but just, it doesn't discredit what he produced as an right. artist. The art remains the brilliant art that it is. I think. Right. I think that's, I, I that's my opinion. I agree. I That's pretty much why I brought it up. Because it was like, hey, you know what? To me, the more I went through it in my head, it was like, eh, I think the Germans got it right this time. And look, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you compare a Wagner opera to the Cosby show, I compare it to one of Hitler's paintings. You know, it's just... Oof, wow. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is that, I would also say to anyone, to anyone right, driving a Ford, uh, to anyone driving a Ford car, right? Um, exactly. Henry Ford was a renowned anti-Semite, so. or like oh, wearing, not, or yeah. wearing a boss Again, suit, you know. Right. Or, <laughs> I was coming. My 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 motivation for or this driving was driving a Volkswagen, how, like myself, for example. How do we move past this Case crap? How do we, how, how do we move past this crap? Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you acknowledge so, it. You don't sweep yeah. it under the rug. You you present a nuanced article yeah. like the Times does. You make sure that people know that he's not just a brilliant composer; that he also had this other side, and let the chips yeah. fall where they may. <laughs> cool. it, rem- it reminds me of this. I don't know how much Mister Show you guys have ever watched, but none, like Bob, none. R- never. Well, yeah, no, 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 just clips, clips. I know, it's, it's, I know about it's, it. It's Bob I think it's like most of it. So Bob Odenkirk is now like a massive star. You know, yeah, was Saul, uh, Saul uh, yeah, Saul Goodman. <laughs> He, he plays like a um, a, a sex of, like a former sex of, a former oh rape, rapist, you know. And he has <laughs> okay, okay, he, all right. I'm sorry, wow, yeah. sex offender. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. In the show, it's it, it is you know. Anyway, <laughs> it's a uh, he has to like go, you know he he he's uh, now like uh, he does cold calls you know for <laughs> but he has to say that he was like. <laughs> Yes, yes. Convicted, convicted, convicted sex yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, yes. Hi, my name is Carl. I wanted to talk to you about life insurance today. Uh huh. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I used to be a rapist, and uh, and uh, anyway, so you know, <laughs> but he has to say it like legally. Oh, I can, I'm not, I'm not doing it justice, but like, it's, you, it's, it's so very, is he getting hung up on, or like, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah, and like yeah. Hello? He, he goes, he goes to the lunchroom, and everyone immediately like, <laughs> uh, you know, leaves. Yeah, hello, Poor, I am Richard know. Wagner. I yeah. um, wrote these incredible <laughs> operas. I do hate Jews. Yeah, um, okay. but check however, the room. however, <laughs> check out this cadence. Yeah, uh, Greg, I am yo. passing the baton over to you, my friend. <laughs> you did this. I think you brought this I think on we yourself, handled that Nick. well. I know I did. I know I did. I thought I could control it, and I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> All right, boys. Well, listen. If you think Jack you White had a solid week, yeah, let's talk about. And now, this is actually not maybe last. This is like a week before. Like, so go go back two weeks ago. Okay. To uh, episode one thirty eight. All right, here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, April Fool's week. Right. Let's go back that okay. far. Okay. All right. April first, I believe, was the day that. The new Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Unlimited Love, was released. Oh, and that's let, right. Let, before, before we get into that, we're going to play some clips. We're going to talk about a review, a pitchfork review, all that stuff. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Let, me read, let me read what their week was like. Because okay. the Chili they Pe- have the publicist team from heaven, these guys. <laughs> it kicked off with them getting their own Hollywood star. Wow. Okay, which was the presentation... Featured Woody Harrelson and George Clinton. Um, they gave speeches, you know, the whole thing. And this was like, this is just for a sidewalk. Yeah. This is, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Next, I think the next day, 
it was April Fools. They played on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon on the same night because wow. it was April Fools, and they like swapped hosts. So they did, were on both of the of those talk shows at the same nice. time. Nice. That same <laughs> night. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was April Fools. So like the Jimmy switched. Yeah, I don't the Jimmy switched. That. I heard about that. Yeah, did, yeah. So the musical guest. One place. The musical guest on each show was the Chili Peppers. Brilliant. Okay. Different performances. They That same night, they also played a $20 show at the Fonda Theater in Hollywood. Wait, did they, but did they go from L.A. to New York? No, they were pre-recorded. Okay, cool. Thanks. But uh, they played a show at the Fonda Theater in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It was $20. Pete got to go. That's he just, right. Like, had, Son of a, that's right. Yeah, dude. He just like ended up... It's a long story, but it wasn't like he knew anybody. He just happened to be right place, right time, and got in line, right, and bought and bought it. He was just he access. was buying the record, right, or something like he that. He was buying the record across the street at Amoeba Records. He was hoping to get a, sh- a ticket for a show at Amoeba that they were doing later the week. <sighs> wow! And they were like, "We're all sold out." And then someone overheard what? him and said, "But but I think that there's still tickets for the Fonda tonight, wow. which was by far the better show." Wow! Like I've se- from what I've seen. How big is this theater? 1200 wow yeah and tw- tickets were 20 bucks harry was there also wow i mentioned this last week i think but so yeah. i'm just talking just going on about the week yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. george clinton came on stage did uh give it away with them again anyway the next thing i know they're on howard stern i saw that. doing like a, a two-hour interview with performances mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they released the four epi- individual episodes of the broken record podcast with rick rubin that's right yeah, uh, where Rick, Rick Rubin is interviewing each individual band member. Mm-hmm. Anthony Kiedis did an interview with Zane Lowe from Apple mm-hmm. Music. That's mm-hmm. the guy Which who interviewed would, Jack, Jack White, too. There you go. That's hilarious. That guy's they, busy. Yeah. They did the Amoeba show, which is like a, in a record store. Okay. Okay. And all of that led to them being number one on Billboard this week. They knocked wow. Machine what? Gun. Yep, they they knocked Machine Gun Kelly off the f- top spot. And I, uh-huh. Which is the first time in a while that a rock, a number one rock album, uh, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly rock album, was, was <laughs> replaced by another rock album. Hey, that's number one. Okay. You know, well, so okay. Anyway, let's listen steps. to a little bit of. Uh, we've you've probably heard a little bit by now if you're a music fan, but if you haven't, let's listen to a little something called. Aquatic mouth dance. Yes, oh, this song's is. Looking back at the years gone by when the message changed my life. Heaven meant that the nest was dead, well, and the rappers gave the life, but I don't know who was looking out for anyone like me. Take 
Pretty funky. Is that the one where he hits where Flea's hitting the trumpets at the end? I think yeah, there's a lot of horns eventually. Yeah. And they're out you know, they're not like in key really. Yeah, they're they get they get pretty spacey. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's jazzy, it's great. That's the third song on the album. It's not like buried in the end, you know? Um, yeah, and but listen, you know, look, I have a uh, personal, you know, like for better or for worse, strange <laughs> relationship with this music because sure. here I am. I've been performing. I've been to say I've studied this music is an understatement because it's my literally my job, right? Yeah, to learn this music and perform it in a way that's how, how do I say it? Yeah, thank you. Authentic and yet. It's like being the bride, the, the friend of the bride. Like you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be like, I can do it even better. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's, it's a, yes, yeah. but while still like restraining yourself from trying to like, not that, not that I, we could do it better. I'm just saying that like without even trying to be uh, even more, I don't know how to describe it. It's, a, it's an, yeah, it's, it's in tribute. It's in tribute. It's in to tribute. The we, we, we realize we cannot be more pure than you know what I mean? Than, than they are when performing it. So anyway, right. in any case, we're drawing from a source, and mm-hmm. we, you draw to draw. You want to draw as much as possible, as many details. Sure. You mm-hmm. know, in, in this music, and so when I hear this, I'm kind of like, oh no, because there's like this sense of like doom of like, oh my god, like the the more details that come at me, like that is going to mean more work to do. You have to ingest and retain. Yes, exactly. And I'm already yeah. at the brim. You know, I've learned like 70 Chili Peppers songs at this point. <laughs> but that was my first kind of like, oh no, you know, I don't even really Just want initial it. dread. I, I can, yeah. How can I even enjoy this? It's basically yeah. like someone... You know, it's like Jay. It's like you talking about. It's like I, I'm dealing with 15 projects right now. It's like right. I'm dealing with 17 new Chili Peppers tracks right now. Right, right, sure. You know? sure. Yeah, they good for them. They're a number one album. On, right, thank you. Yeah, yeah, they're number one on Billboard right now. Good for them. You know, <laughs> like, like, yeah. So, yeah. So in any case, it's I have a weird relationship. However, well, that has like kind of worn off. Come and gone. Come and gone. Come and gone. Because now it's out, it's, a, it's, it's in the world, it's in the, the ocean of music that we all have access mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. It's not like any more important, it's still, it's just there, you know? And so I was able to sort of, once, you know, now that it's a little bit more diluted, I've been able to kind of put it on and just listen to it from a little bit of a distance and not as a homework assignment. Yeah. Yes. And I have to say, I have to say that it really is... I, maybe it's just too early to say, but like it's it really is a good album. I, I and it's funny because if we had actually done this podcast, yeah, two days ago, and Nick and I were just talking about this while you, while that, you were getting set up, Jay, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have said that. Wow, two days ago, it, it, two days ago, because I was still I, in that phase of like, oh god, I like dread, you know, like when this <laughs> the music came on, yeah. Mm-hmm. And instead, now I'm kind of like, you know what, this is kind of great. You know, because here we are. Now, is it their best album? I mean, like, eh, I can't say it's their best album. And I mean, I'm talking about, like, you know, the the classic lineup. Frusciante has returned. Yes. But it really does make a difference, man. Like, when he's in the band, they just, yeah. they really, it just sets it off. It really does. Yeah. And, you know, 
Flea plays his ass off. Chad Smith plays his ass off. I mean, you really cannot complain about these guys. The only logical complaint is about Anthony. Yeah. You know? Mm, And I understand that, like, not everybody digs him. But it can't be the Chili Peppers without him. It cannot be the Chili Peppers without him or Flea. You know? And really... Just to play devil's devil's advocate, what is your complaint about? I'm not saying I have one, personally. But you said, if somebody does... If someone, yes... And Nick has his I, I, has his hand up. <laughs> Nick, you, please. No, I honestly, I uh, I listen. I was listening to this on Saturday at my at my brother's, and I, and I was talking to. Him, I was like, I I don't think I like it, but I I want to be nice about it. You don't have to, because <sighs> like I know I don't have to, but like I mean, it is your living, and like you know, we, I do yeah, like the chili but peppers, like, but you know, but I kept listening to it, and honest honest to goodness, the same place because I think when we hopped on 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 Sunday for a minute. I was like, dude, I don't know, it's kind of bland. And, like, I just can't get past Kiedis. I just can't get yeah. past his voice. It's <laughs> just like... Just the... Which is... That's him. That's what that's he does. Yeah. That's what he does. But, but yeah, just listening to it more and more the past couple of days. And, actually, I think it's... I think, I think it was, like, finding attachments to individual songs. Like, pulling those out at different right. times and not, not trying to go through the whole album. Yeah, I think that might have been the first couple of times I was really trying to just power through it to like get a sense of did something jump out at me and it kind of it all started to meld together, but kind of in bites and pieces um, I found it actually quite enjoyable and that those those I mean they've released the three of the four interviews I think Chad Smith's the last one I don't know why they held that but they had Frusciani and then Kiedis and then Flea on with Rick Rubin and I learned so much more about this band mm-hmm. and their process and. And like Flea talks candidly about Klinghoffer, uh, how that went down, right. and like why, and 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 honestly, like the breath of fresh air it was working with, with Frushanti, and he kept saying like, Josh is awesome, I love Josh. We just had to talk everything to death, mm. and with and with Frushanti, I just put a bass line down, and Frushanti's like, here's the guitar part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know. yeah, what do you think, man? What do you think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jay, Jay, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts, but. Before 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 yeah. I give you the floor, I just wanted to say like you know another thing, just uh, attaching it back to what I was saying before and how it, it's my it's my work. One thing that is a little under the hood is that in the band, our like spinal tap drummer, if you will, uh-huh. like the, is the, the singer. And so I've, I've I've been I just had to constantly been be working with new guys. And yeah. I, I like that, but it's getting old, you know, like, and so I'm constantly like having to dig into Anthony and be like, this is what you have to do to make it sound more like him. God, and there's yeah. like a yeah. couple of different things. And so now when I listen to him, it's even more, it's even more like those things are coming. Like how he never says like a verse. It has to start with an L. He's like, <laughs> like, like, it's, he doesn't say like, I don't ever want to feel it's, I don't want to, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> there's like, there's all kinds of little things like that, that if you start to really know, you, you, you know, it's great. and his, his lyrics are like, sometimes they're very focused and make a lot of sense, but especially on this stuff, this newer stuff, it's like this focus on being unfocused. It's like yeah. kind mm-hmm. of ranty, but I like the, all the references that he makes to different cool things and that's something that he's done gradually more and more. Um, mm-hmm. In any case, I have a lot of thoughts. I could go on and on. We'll play another clip after Jay. You give your thoughts. Well, it wasn't what I was expecting. I'll say that. Um, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but it wasn't okay. this. I think it sounds great. 
like sonically like i think it's their it definitely does their sound best good. sounding album and i'll give that 100 percent to rick rubin really wow. uh, absolutely okay. i mean it's just very clean it's yeah. it's not like overly squashed and compressed they're not trying yeah, to be loud and at times like not like crossover pop yeah it's it's like it's it at times it's like jarring because it's just the sound of four guys in a room which yeah. you know and and one of We're the guitar player the guitar player is not playing you know is not playing with a whole bunch of distortion and it just sounds kind of like empty on a recording um mm-hmm. but that's the kind of chili peppers that I like. You know, you go back to, yeah. to Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That's the magic. Yeah. That's the magic trick, right? And Californication too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Californication is like the loudest album that's ever been made, and oh, sounds like it? absolute garbage. I, well, to me, to me, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Like everyone agrees, like that is one of the loudest mastered albums ever. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, um, so, maybe like scientifically. Yeah, but it's well, you listen still, to like, a you, lot of the. You can hear like the the clipping like digital clipping oh, right on on, on mm-hmm. the recording but I, nevertheless it wasn't what i was expecting i'm not sure if i liked it i liked a lot of the songs it was way too long i mean they could very cut, long they could have cut it in like like mm-hmm. half to me but you know what i respect the hell out of the guys and i respect them doing something that is kind of back to their to me what their strengths are i they can't do any wrong really you know ketis is like he's been singing dumbass lyrics on top of like <laughs> bad raps on, that their entire career like that's the whole, just, the whole that's career. the yep. whole thing um 40 years and you know you listen to him on record and you might get him or you might not you go see him live you're gonna get it right mm-hmm. so i don't know it to me it was it, like i said it wasn't what i was expecting i was expecting a more polished pop album but um, I liked it. Th- th- I liked thank it. God it was it definitely. That. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Really? Yeah, I respect them like, more that for that. that. That really would have been a bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And honestly, yeah. I got the impression from the single that it could have been that. Yeah, I thought absolutely. so too. When we and played the that first single, single, I was like, "Oh, this yeah. could be a Look, really." This was the second mm. single. Let's listen to Poster Child. Okay, yeah, nice. Let's do it. Hell, we're dancing at the Taco Bell When someone heard a rebel yell I think it was an infidel Had a man and rob a plant With banter of a sycophant Enlisted by Ulysses Grant To record at the record plant Islamabad is on the Not Havana At the riot squad And if you want to be a mod You'll have to meet me at the quad You got the best of my logo I'll take the rest of your show folks. You got the best of my yoko I'll take the rest of your no-no Parliament's a This second single came out, and that's when I realized, oh, this is not going to be that polished, yeah, yeah, uh, album that we were all ma- we were maybe afraid of, <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
So Pitchfork gave this like a 6.2. I was going to do a review the review. It was a good review. I, I'll, I'll say it. And in, in, I just don't want to take up too much time because I'd rather talk about the album than the review. Sure. Okay. Um, but I know you guys took a look at it. And um, one thing that was interesting about the about this Pitchfork review is that the, the, the author was describing how he was kind of defending the Red Hot Chili Peppers to like these kind of younger hipsters yeah. who are like, how can you, why do you care about this band? And he's like, well, you the know, other you, like, writers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, you kind of had to be there. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of what he, you know, is how he put it in the end. And he's like, just because, you know, I, this is not the way I want to necessarily remember them with the album Unlimited Love. Doesn't mean that I'm mm-hmm. upset that it exists. It is mm-hmm. interesting to think about, like, if you didn't know the Chili Peppers in the 90s, to hear this album must be jarring, right? I would hope so. I, that's because, the first time I've kind of really, th- like, wrapped my head around that. But Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah like, that's, if you that, didn't these know... These are the experiments you get to do on your kids, though. Yeah. Just because I like to do that. That's how I treat it. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. And... You know, it's it's uh, there's a lot of badassery on this uh, oh, album. Yeah. You know, a lot of technical know-how, but they restrain themselves, and you know, they they try to come up with stuff that's cool. You know, and it's cool to them at least. Let me ask you this, Greg, if you don't mind. Yeah. You probably listened to the album a couple times through. Do you have yeah. any like songs that you've like earmarked that like okay, that's going to be in the set in the Red Knots set um, coming up? Well, it's it's funny because I don't want to necessarily make those calls, but there is uh, it's interesting. There's another single out right now called "These Are the Ways," mm-hmm. and when I first heard it, I thought it was really annoying. <laughs> but 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 then I transcribed it because I was bored on the plane. I actually transcribed like half the record just from <laughs> just by ear, you know, because I'm because mm-hmm. I know that they're gonna come at me and, and yeah. i was just like uh i forgot to download a movie on my laptop and I was like, oh, i'll just put it on and just transcribe i'll try to get some work done there you go and i transcribed the song these are the ways and there's a lot of who moments on that song and a oh, lot yeah, of yeah. um it's a ton of drums and you know i know my bandmates and i i look at you know i'm thinking i hear that and i'm like oh pete would crush that you know and yeah, that would really yeah. get people hyped up and then I'm thinking about Aquatic Mouth Dance, which was the first clip we played, and I'm like, oh, Paul yeah. would crush that, you know? And so I'm thinking mm-hmm. about, like, that, like, kind of more, like, what would highlight, what would make them... This, this song is going to highlight this member of the band. Right, right, you know? And, we, they'll, I, have fu- and they'll have fun with it. Yeah. I don't, and, and, and I'm not, th- I, I swear to God, I know you guys might, might think, like, oh, of course you're, th- you're thinking of these Fushiani solos being like, oh, I want to play that. But I'm not, man, because he's great dude like Fushiante yeah. is an animal and i've i've known that my whole life and i've known that the entire time i'm in this band and mm-hmm. i never ever like you know I, i'm not saying i bow down to him but like man i do give him like a ton of credit as an artist yeah. especially in the chili peppers i don't really get down with his solo stuff mm-hmm. okay. but man hit but but all his solo stuff it's it's all there in the chili peppers he's very pure in that yeah. way like oh, yeah he, yeah. It's like you you could extract his all his parts from a Chili Pepper song, and then suddenly it's like a John Frusciante solo album. Yeah, <laughs> but the friend of the show, uh, Eric Lenhart, his fa- one of his favorites is is a is a Frusciante uh, solo album. 
Really? He's always he's always asked me like, "What does Greg think of that album?" I, 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 actually, I, I don't know. Like, He'd have to tell me which one. There's like twenty of them, and I haven't listened yeah. to them all. And a okay. lot, some of them are just really like, cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But but I'm still. I mean, he has a he has a really cool. Anyway, if you know if you know anything about John Frusciani, I don't have to explain it to you. If he wasn't alive, he'd be like top five guitar players. I think you know, like on the Rolling Stone list. I think so. You know what I mean? But he's really? still alive. I think so, man. Okay. Because, like, really, would you look? How many people have had that, like that, those, that kind of like hit making ability while being such a pure? The interesting thing is you have you know these, I mean? you like have these Cobain, scenarios with the, yeah, with this band. You have these situations where he's there and then he's not, and you can. You can see what happens when he comes back. Oh yeah, no, it's re- it's remarkable. It's remarkable. But he said and top honestly, five guitar players of all time. So I, 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 have to I know push that back a very, a bit. well. Yeah. You know, this is my opinion. That's but, fine. You know, again, it's you like, would know better I, than I, myself. About, I'm just talking about rock guitarists because look, th- there's not that many other people doing the tribute to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh-huh. and, and you know, it's be- it's not easy to play. Like it's not easy to play like Flea. It's not easy to play like Chad Smith. It's hard as hell to play like Frusciante. I do my best, but I can't do it, man. You know what I mean? Like I. It, there's a lot okay. of stuff. I'm doing all right, but really, like, is there stuff I, he does that you you still work more? At, no, I mean more, really. more on the sonic level. Okay, you know, okay. but like, like achieving the sound. Well, some of those sounds are like literally impossible to create live. I mean, like he, you know, on Stadium Arcadium, oh, okay. okay, he was playing. He would record a guitar solo and then put it through a wall of like modular synthesis and just like go to <laughs> go to town. Like, how the hell <laughs> sure. am I supposed to recreate that on stage? <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like, and, of and, course, of course. So, in any case. I do appreciate his and, and the fact that when he's not feeling it, he just leaves the band. Yeah, right. He doesn't. He never ever forced it. Like yeah. that's a. He, he knows. A, he knows artistically where he needs to be. That is a very valuable, yeah. I think, lesson. You sure. know what I mean for 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 especially for the younger generation. It's not about quitting, but it's about like recognizing, like you know what, I'm not, not here. I, yeah, like no matter what was thrown at him, all the financial, what, all the dream stuff, all the rock star stuff, he's like, he turned it down several times in his life mm-hmm. just because he didn't feel right. But then he had the balls to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. be like, you know what? I'm going to do this again. And, and then each time he comes back, it's their best stuff, you know, or yeah. like it's, you know, it's so. Totally agree. With revival, yeah. A revival. A yeah, yeah. creative revival. A revival, you know. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to blow too, you know, I'm not, I don't want to like blow too much, you know, like in his direction, but I'm just saying that like it is quite impressive. And, you know, his presence is felt in so many ways on this record, whether it's, you can tell that he was like, he was arranging the song. He was coming up with parts or all the crazy ass overdubs that he knows how to do. Yeah. Like all the yeah. vocal harmonies are just, yeah. you know, yeah. just like, wow. Like, ugh, you know, no doubt. and no apparently, apparently this album, a thing that was different from the, cause they, the second episode of the one with Rick Rubin, it was both Kiedis and Frushanti was that he, he actually oftentimes would come with vocal melodies. If I, Anthony yeah. wanted to listen to him. Oh, wow. right. Um, uh, yeah, and 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 Keita said like it was great, you know. Some I used, some I didn't. Right. But, but yeah, like to yes, and Flea also was just saying like he is, he is so good, he's so good. He just kept saying he's so freaking good. So, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I'm again I have a strange relationship with it, but I think we kind of all do, <laughs> and that says a lot. 
Well, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're a band that the stuff that I love of theirs, I can't get enough of. You know, and it, yeah. like it never gets old, and it's like Earth unlike anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of stuff that I really can't stand. You know, me too. Uh, <laughs> Don't me too. Absolutely. But this, but again, the stuff that's good, you know, is is worth extracting and and analyzing and. Yeah, you know, and the fact that they're still like that they're willing to put out an album like this and not really—I mean, this is definitely not a pandering album to anybody. Or it's not like they don't have anything no. to prove at this point. Exactly, and um, it's you know. and it's yeah, and it and it and it's not yeah, they're not phoning it in, and it's not like these are aimed at getting radio hits. Yeah, so they yeah. can sell licensing. It's not at all. That, it's just that's freaking music. That's it. That's it. I think that's when I was listening to it. It's like this does not the sound of a band that's phoning it in. It's yeah. not what I expected to hear, but it's definitely not a band that is not caring about what they're doing. They really do give a exactly. shit. And they sound great oh, yeah. because of it. It's not right. my cup of tea the whole way through, but when they're hitting it, man, they, they Which, it's I mean, great. freaking good on them. Yeah. I think they're, uh, Flea and Ketis will be 60 this year. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and I mean, crazy. They're, and they're ripped. They're in shape, yeah. you know. Yeah. Fushiante looks a little sickly. Uh, <laughs> That's because it's Fushiante. Poor bastard. Fushiante, yeah. You know, but yeah, like the Fonda, you know, like Ketis uh-huh. is like ripped, you know, and like Fushiani is wearing like a black flag T-shirt that's like three times too, big, three sizes too big, you know. <laughs> He's got a hospital gown on. Hey man, you try carrying that band on your back for the last three decades. You wow, see how you that's, a, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I have one more. I have one more clip because um, let's let's hear Fushiani shred. Come Please. on, all right. This Little is great. Band. You know, so which look, one was that, Greg? That was uh, the Great Apes. The Great Apes. It's like, okay, okay, Anthony. <laughs> I just heard him say, "Superstars don't do the dishes." That that was when I rolled my eyes. Snakes get high, or so I'm told. Yeah. Great so there stuff, you go. Man. But yeah, well, you know, it's it, it, it look and it, and there's there is a lot more to discuss, you know, because it, again. We, we can talk about the Chili Peppers and how they've made their mark, and now they're still coming out with the albums like this. Other bands, like for instance, Rush. Oh, let's bookmark it, man. Let's bookmark you know, it. 
Yeah, yeah. Look, we we could do we could do a little um, bit on just that. You know, where yeah, I think like, I think I think Primus, so too. Primus right now. It's like there's, there's just so more. Many. There's just more mm-hmm. of it, but not. But there's so many, but not every band gets that luxury. You know, You're right. bands just and and the I think it's hardest for the fans. Not hardest, but it's hardest to know when you're already a fan of the early stuff, what the hell to do with this new stuff. Right. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, is this as pure as the old stuff that I fell in love with? Or is this, like, are you, you know, are you just... And negotiating, you, negotiating what's nostalgia versus yeah. what is what you like now. Yeah, yeah guys. Right, right, right. This is, uh, this is perfect fodder for next week. So tune in. Right yes, on. it is. <laughs> it's good, yeah. But Jay, I can't, you know, I see that Frank Zappa poster behind you and we're talking yeah. about Fushiante. And my mind is making the dots because you, if you haven't yet, you should really hear him interviewed by Rick Rubin, and he'll talk about like what he listened to the first at first nice. in his life, and he's like Zappa, like that's what really? he listened to the most. Okay, yeah. like hardcore, yeah, 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 Bad big ass. time. And and you're like, okay, I hear it now. Like you yeah. hear it on that last, mm-hmm. you know, just no pentatonic no shredding. Doubt. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And like, crimson, like some frip. Yeah, tons of crimson. He was saying, and I was like, Beautiful. I didn't know that about him. I figured like oh maybe like when he got a little older he got into prog rock but it was like no because that was just what he was introduced to. Wow. Later he got into punk, and like you know totally took it to, anyway. That's the Rick Rubin podcast. Very you should go listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, that's it for me. I can wrap this up. Cool. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you want to find us online, go to youshouldcheckitout.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to send us an email, ysciopodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us that's online. At Facebook and on Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at ShouldCheck. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever podcasts are listened to. Leave us a review. And as always, tell a friend you should check it out. Please do. Please do. do. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Good times. Mm -hmm. And uh, without any further ado, we'll see you back here next week. How about Peace out, guys. Peace, guys. All right, dudes.